Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network Podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He's my man, Peter Jennings. We are with you once again, as we are every single week during the golf season. Peter, what's going on? How are you? How was the weekend for you? And give me a little something off the top. What are you looking at this week? I'm doing well, Jason. Excited uh, for the, the FedEx to start. We have the NBA playoffs going. It's a great time of year in the sports calendar. And yeah, last week, uh, almost a huge week with Billy Horschel winning. And my actual item is I'm going back to Billy Horschel, who's in great form and has a history of playing well in the FedEx. So I am buying Billy Horschel again this week. Where are you looking uh, as one of your actionable items for, for the week? Why don't I just say, go lay by the bay. My play is going to be Jason Day. That's where I'm going. I'm going to be talking a lot of Jason Day on this podcast, who has four straight finishes of seventh or better. So we'll get into everything from this week's Northern Trust, which is being played at TPC Boston, where they used to have the Dell Technologies, which used to be the Deutsche Bank, and is now the Northern Trust. So uh, full circle for everything there. We'll explain it all as we get more into the podcast, but let's review Last week, a little bit, the Wyndham Championship, and dude, we were on it. I mean, we were all over it. The only thing we did wrong was not have Jim Herman at 600-1 to before the tournament started, but boy, was that close. I mean, that was close to just being a a really good week. I I was on Doc Redman. We liked Kevin Kisner a lot. Uh, You love Billy Horschel, who was right there. Webb Simpson was, you know, tough to get away from. We uh, we all knew that Webb Simpson would play well. See, Kim, we were on a little bit. I mean, that that could have been an all-timer. It was still a pretty good week, though. Yeah, a, a good week on my end um, in the betting in the betting department. DFS uh, got killed by Ryan Moore making a bogey on 18 to miss the cut. He's done mm. that to me twice during the COVID swing. Mm. So, hope Ryan Moore can pay me back. Also was wrong about Jim Furyk, who uh, – didn't really do anything until the back nine when he was kind of out of it on Friday. But, uh, yeah, the rest of the picks that we were on uh, did extremely well, and it really paid dividends from a betting perspective. So I thought Billy Horschel was really classy. Uh, congratulated Herman after uh, 
you know, had two birdie putts to win the tournament. And I know uh, everyone was on TV and, and Billy Horschel's a smart guy and aware of it, but I'm just a big Billy Horschel fan. Uh, just even hearing him throughout the day, his interactions with the caddy were yeah. great and he was blaming himself on bad shots and bad missed putts. So I think it's going to be a really nice stretch of golf here. We have the FedEx Cups, the U.S. Open. I mean, the Masters will be here before we know it. So uh, I'm an Can't excited golf fan right now. Billy is a good dude, and Billy is fun to watch because he is energetic, he is excitable, and he is uh, a mile a minute. He's always talking out there. So he is fun to watch. Uh, is there any thought on Jim Herman? I, look, I, I don't know how to explain Jim Herman. Jim Herman is like the ultimate outlier in the game of golf because I tweeted out, and I didn't mean dis- any disrespect towards Jim Herman, but I tweeted like I, I just couldn't imagine living in a world where Tony Finau and Patrick Cantley have as many wins combined two top 15 players in the world as Jim Herman, who is 318th in the world coming into yesterday. The guy has had pretty much three legit chances to win PGA tour events. And he's won all three of them. I mean, I would love to have Charles Howell on the pod right now and say, Charles, what do you think about a guy who has basically had three chances to win and he's won all of them. Charles is a guy who has three career wins and 15 runner up finishes and a million other just close calls. And there's really no explanation for Herman. I've heard from a couple of people who had him pre-tournament, which I just like, you know, just, hey, you know, congratulations. I was not there. I will not be there. I wasn't there. I just, it, you did that. Just, hey, look, you can have the pod. I, I don't know what to tell you. This is, I think, a reminder, maybe from the golf gods, Pete, that after two months, two and a half months of your John Roms and your Colin Morikawas and your Dustin Johnsons and uh, a handful of players that were, Maybe not predictable, but at least, hey, we could have seen it coming. Justin Thomas, you throw in there as well. Uh, Webb Simpson. I think this is the golf gods reminding us, hey, you know what? This is a lot harder than it's been looking on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. I hedge, and you know, not that I'm, I'm hedging to hedge. I look for value in outright markets after every round. And um, just the nature, if you're building a portfolio and betting golf, you know, pre-tournament and after every round, you know, exposure to a lot of things. I had zero outrights on, on Herman, uh, including didn't hedge him out. I, I think I had two bets on Herman, top five and top 10 uh, after Saturday, but shocked that he won. But I guess I should be given that he's won every time he's in contention. So shout out to him. And man, he hits the, his drive off the tee a couple of times. It really surprised me. I was like, oh, he missed it. But it's like, oh, ball speed's right there. And it's just that stinger driver that he has off the tee that was uh, working. And it, it definitely paid dividends. Uh, on 18, he had two really clutch shots. Got a little unlucky with where his ball rolled to. The ball kind of sat down and it was preferred lies, and he was just barely off the fairway. But then he hits mm-hmm. a just stellar five iron into the green. So uh, he played clutch and uh, deserved to win. He had a quote Saturday night, and I was almost like giggling to myself reading the quote. But he basically said, you know, when I'm putting well, I, I'm going to contend. Which sounds like a quote that Rory or JT or John Rahm or Brooks Kepko would say. You know, one of the world's best players. Hey, you know, when I'm making putts, you know, I know I'm going to contend as if it's matter of fact. And, you know, if a guy like JT or Rory says that, you're like, yeah, he's right. Uh, you know, we've seen it time and time again. If, you know, the ball striking is usually there, if those guys are rolling in putts, uh, they're going to be pretty good and they're going to contend for a title. For Jim Herman to say, you know, if I'm rolling it well, I'm going to contend. It's like, really? So you're saying you've only rolled it well two other times in your career because I don't see you contending all that much. But Hey, uh, more power to him. The guy was right. He was dead on because uh, he rolled it well this weekend, and he not only contended, but he won for a third time in his career. So, uh, again, congrats to Jim Herman. 
we were right on it. We were close. We're going to hopefully be a lot closer this week as we get into this Northern Trust, the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. But first, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, write a quick review. It only takes about 30 seconds to do, and hey, we'd really appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episodes list, and there at the bottom, you'll see ratings and reviews. And please, as always, be nice to us. Anyway, that's uh, it, it was a fun weekend, and uh, I can't wait. Playoffs, uh, it feels like we have had stellar fields just week in, week out for the most part. I mean, you throw out maybe the 3M Open in Minnesota and maybe this past weekend in uh, Greensboro, and for the most part, we've had great fields since the PGA Tour restart, and they're going to be just as great, if not better, uh, the next three weeks with, uh, with basically the cream of the crop going out there and Starting with TBC Boston, let's uh, break down this course, break down the field a little bit, and basically it's all the big guns that you would want to see on uh, what I think is a really cool golf course. Uh, you know, I think that TPC tends to, um, you know, almost have a, a little bit of a uh, misnomer about it. If we called it Norton Country Club, it's in Norton, Mass. It's not really in Boston, but if we called it Norton Country Club, I think it would almost have like a cooler type of uh, reputation. But it really is a great course. I've been there a million times and. Uh, I played it. I've watched a ton of golf there, and I can't wait for this week to start. One of the courses that I've actually been to as well. Uh, it was a fun experience right after I won the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings. Uh, I went out to that golf tournament and uh, tried to keep the heater rolling, but it was a ton of fun. I love the course, and uh, it's had some really, really good finishes here. So I, I think we're in for a good week. And, I mean, golf is in such a great place. We talk about it every week on the podcast. There's so many stars, and we have the best players in the world here. So should be fun. And unlike the other two events uh, where you have to get really creative from a DFS perspective because of smaller fields, uh, this week is pretty similar to a, a normal week. Obviously, a little smaller field than normal, but we have all the best players, so I'm excited for it. All right, well, let's start with the top. Uh, the usual um, suspects up near the top, we've got Bryson DeChambeau. Maybe a little strange that Bryson is the tournament favorite outright, but I don't know who else you put there. Bryson won on this golf course just two years ago, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, Justin Thomas right behind him. Rory McIlroy, price uh, uh, discounted just a little bit. Um, hasn't been playing his best golf. We'll get into some Rory. John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, round out the top five. Then you get into the Xander Shoffley. Colin Morikawa is still maybe a little too low. Jason Day, who I mentioned off the top, I really like. Webb Simpson and Patrick Cantley, uh, right alongside Patrick Reed and Daniel Berger, Brooks Koepka, Tony Finau. That kind of rounds out the the top tier. So, uh, getting in some of those names, um, I, I don't love most of the guys at the top just because I can see them sort of being, you know, maybe a little, I want to say not motivated, but hey, this thing's uh, not a complete sprint. You know, you've got to, uh, if you want to win this thing, you want to win the 15 million bucks, all you got to do is kind of stay up there. If you're a guy like JT who's uh, leading coming into this thing, you don't necessarily have to win this week. It's not going to help you that much. You want to focus on winning at East Lake and wrapping up the whole thing. I like the fact that Rory McIlroy is coming in with uh, a little more value, a guy who has not played his best golf, but you look at TPC Boston, the two things you need to do are drive it long and hit your irons well. And Rory does both of those things really well. In fact, I tweeted out earlier today uh, on Monday morning that only two players are in the top 25 in both of those categories this season, Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau. I'll sound like a broken record. I've been buying Rory and Rom basically uh, 
the whole year and Rory is really disappointed. Rom obviously had the win and has showed a little bit better form of late, but yeah, I'm going to continue to buy Rory, especially at a discounted price. Uh, it's a really good course for him. And, um, you know, he hasn't been good, but it's not like there's a glaring, glaring problem. Uh, it's kind of a mixture of just like missing fairways on par fives, not taking advantage of some scoring opportunities, you know, four or five putting from spots. Like he's had just little mistakes compound in a way that kind of messes up his score. And, you know, if he was driving the ball horribly or if his iron game was completely off, I'd be nervous about buying him at this price still. But I think it's kind of a, a multitude of just small mistakes that he can easily clean up. And I still think he's probably the best player in the world. So I'll be buying him. And of the other guys in that top tier, I really like Jason Day, who uh, is your guy. So I'll let you talk more about him. Yeah. So first of all, Rory, uh, only besides Tiger Woods, uh, only two multiple FedEx Cup champions uh, since it was uh, inaugurated in 2007. So uh, I, there's something about the playoffs that I, I think Rory wants to step up and play his best golf. And it's funny, I, I mean, I've been on covering the tour since the, the FedEx Cup was introduced. And back then, a lot of the veteran players who had been out there for years, they all said, you know, the, the majors are where it's at. No one's going to care about the FedEx Cup. And at the time, I said, you know what? you guys might not care. You know, the guys who are 35, 40 years old, been doing this for a while, and they had just introduced this kind of gimmicky playoff ending to the season. They, they might not necessarily care a whole lot about it, but the guys who are coming up at that point, and Rory McIlroy is certainly included, have never known life before the FedEx Cup. And so, you know, Rory was, what, 17, 18 years old, the first year of the FedEx Cup, and he's He's just uh, getting into professional golf. He was probably, you know, he was probably probably missed the first one by a couple of years, but um, he was just getting there, and so he doesn't know life without the FedEx Cup. And so I think that for him, it's a big deal. He wants to step up and go win the playoffs. And uh, I feel like he he does tend to take it a lot more seriously than some other guys. He says he's not motivated by the money, but he's motivated by something when it gets to uh, late summer and he gets into these playoff events. So. Like Rory, Jason Day, uh, right with you. Love Jason Day this week. He's just he, he's playing so well. He's taken ownership of his swing. I love that. I love the fact that uh, he's been very consistent. This is a guy who two months ago, you couldn't have sold me on him no matter how hard you tried, and now you can't get me off of him. Uh, I just I, I think there's no way he doesn't seriously contend this week. A couple other names up there in this tier. Xander Shoffley I like because I like Xander Shoffley every single week. And, and Tony Finau – I guess I'll start jumping off the outrights with Tony Finau at some point. I'm sure as soon as I do, he's going to start winning golf tournaments. But for DFS purposes, for top 10 type props, I like Tony Finau. I'm guessing, Pete, I'm just going on a limb, but I'm guessing you still like that price on Colin Morikawa, who's a guy that you keep going back to. I mean, how can you not like Colin Morikawa? Uh, best iron player in the game with JT. His driving, which was you know on display in a huge moment when he took down the PJ Championship on that drivable par four. This guy hits fairways, and then he's – the best iron player. So it's pretty easy to play golf when you hit the ball on a string and, and have a baby cut that you consistently go to. And you have a lot of short birdie putts most rounds and you don't have a lot of stress. I mean, Colin Morikawa makes a ton of just like stress-free pars. Hit in the fairway, hit it to 20 feet, two putt, move on. Par fives. He hits a good drive, then he hits it around the green. And most of the time he gets up and down for birdie. Like when you draw up like the stress-free golf, like the antithesis of Phil Mickelson, it's Colin Morikawa. <laughs> and he's still, he's still priced. Like, I mean, he's they're They're starting to respect him more and more, but man, uh, there's probably still a little bit of value on Colin Morikawa. Maybe not specifically outrights, but I think he's going to end up passing a couple guys that are still 
ranked way above him. Like Dustin Johnson, I know he played well uh, in the PGA Championship, but you know, give me Colin Morikawa week to week versus DJ. Bryson DeChambeau, uh, I get has more upside, but week to week, probably still taking Colin Morikawa just in terms of consistency, not necessarily outrights, which Morikawa does have more wins than cuts missed, but the way he plays golf is still underrated from a consistency, consistency standpoint. The one thing uh, about Morikawa is I, I wonder, now that he's fifth in the world, I wonder when his world ranking starts moving up, because it's going to, just based on the divisor, it's going to move up and he's going to become number one in the world at some point, unless someone really goes on a hot run at some point here. But he is going to move up in the world ranking. I wonder if the odds get lower the more he moves up in that world ranking. If, if having a two next to his name instead of a five all of a sudden means he's finally down to 12, 13 to one instead of 20 to one, 22 to one. So I think that'll happen. By the way, you mentioned Phil's name last week said on this very podcast. I said on our show, the gimme, I said basically everywhere I could find that I loved Harold Varner for first round leader bets. Now we had to sweat that thing. Not only did we have to sweat out Tom Hoagie final hole bogey just to get us uh, a three-way share, but then they didn't finish the first round. Ryan Brem was still up there. I mean, this was like a a 37-hour sweat to to get a three-way share of the first round lead, which is just basically golf betting in a nutshell right there. I have thought long and hard about who I like this week since I gave you Varner last week. Phil Mickelson is a guy that I think can go low on this golf course. He's been first round leader here before. I believe it was 2013. He was co first round leader. And uh, I like Phil. I'm not sure he's going to keep it up for four rounds like he did in Memphis where he was uh, in a four-way shot tie for second. But I like Phil in that mid-tier. I think he's a decent DFS player. I like him to get off to a hot start though. So if I have to go on the record with another first round leader bet again, give me my guy Phil with the aviators on, drinking lots of coffee and uh, getting after it in Boston. Uh, The more we talk about this mid-tier, any other guys? I know you like Billy Horschel. I think we can kind of throw him. He's probably mid to upper tier somewhere in there I really like Russell Henley this week he's been playing really well Shane Lowry just barely snuck in I like him as well Sungjae Im looks like he's got things turned around a little bit now any of those names pop at you anybody else uh, that you're looking at you know the last name you said is the guy I was going to mention Sungjae starting to play some good golf again really nice round on Sunday and uh, yeah, to your, just real quick on Phil Mickelson, love that call for first round leader. A lot of variance with Phil, which you want to take advantage of in, in bets like that. In general, first round leaders are juiced pretty heavily, but uh, if you can find a guy who's high variance, who might be able to do it for one round, I like Phil Mickelson. And shout out to you for Harold Varner, who uh, played awesome last week, uh, which was fun to see. But yeah, uh, my favorite play in the mid-range is uh, Sung J.M., who is really starting to get uh, a lot of notoriety again. Had a bad stretch during this COVID swing after playing awesome to start the year. I knew it was a matter of time before he figured it out. He's too consistent of a golfer to play bad for a long time. And uh, another guy who's just a great ball striker and he puts decently, he's going to be up there. So love the Sung JM call uh, in the mid-tier. I guess Cameron Champ's probably in that range. I was really impressed with his game at the PGA Championship. And he's shown flashes. Uh, he's not as consistent as a Sung Jae or a Morikawa, obviously. But his upside is as good as anyone. So I think Cameron Champ is someone that I'm buying in the mid-tier, especially in DFS and for longer shot bets. Yeah, I've mentioned him in my column as well, so I'm glad you brought up that name. I really like Cameron Champ a lot. I think that playing alongside Colin Morikawa, not only did he get to see a guy win a major championship, but he got to see a guy just about his age win a major championship. I, I think that can have a big impact on a player. I think that just sort of being there and watching him saying, look, yeah, okay, Colin played great and he did everything right. 
But Cameron can look at him and say, you know what? I, I don't feel like he's that much better than I am, whether it's right or wrong. He can say to himself, I, I feel like I can do whatever he's doing. And if he can go out and win these big golf tournaments and I can walk alongside him for 18 holes, I feel like I can do it too. So I, I think that can have a profound impact uh, positively on his career moving forward. I, I think, Pete, it's our responsibility to let people know that just because Jim Herman won this past week at 600 to one, if you want to start firing like the highest odds on the board this week, it, you're probably not going to get lucky again. Uh, people are sitting there going, man, if I just throw a hundred bucks on Jim Herman, oh man, that would have been such a nice payday. And I get it. And you're saying, all right, well, who's my guy this week? Who's 600? First of all, I'm not even sure anyone is that high on the board this week because it's all decent players who had to get into the playoffs. Secondly, I, I just don't know that it's going to be that much of a long shot. If there is one long shot, uh, you look at Champ, is that kind of a guy that you like? I, Shane Lowry is kind of my guy. I, I, I think Shane Lowry is trending in the right direction. He's won a major. He's won a WGC before. I could see him stepping up in the big field, but certainly he's not anywhere close to 600 to one this week. Yeah, the longest shot that I like the most is probably Ryan Palmer, who uh, maybe is in the bottom of the mid-tier, given how many great golfers we have. I mean, we talked about him extensively during the PGA Championship. Made a great run for us on Friday, uh, which was absolutely a huge savior. Uh, you, you remember the guys missing the cut more than you remember the guys making the cut. Ryan Palmer making the cut on Friday at the PGA Championship really helped my bankroll. So shout out to Ryan Palmer. He played awesome on Sunday as well at the PGA Championship. Bogey free, which is so impressive at that course. Uh, made an eagle on 16, and he was one of the best scoring DFS guys, even though he finished even par, kind of of the, the low-tier names uh, for the PGA Championship. So I like Ryan Palmer a lot. His game has really come around this year. Great driver of the golf ball, which is important this week. And uh, again, you know, like a lot of these guys, if he can get the putter going, he can certainly contend. And we saw that earlier this year uh, in some big tournaments. Uh, you know, he's he's been right there multiple times, uh, which, you know, is a good sign for someone of his uh, price in these markets. Before we get to making our ultimate DFS lineup, as we do every week, just looking at the odds on the board for the actual FedEx Cup itself, which uh, you can you can totally bet on it and you can find those odds out there. Is there anyone that sticks out to you? I mean, Justin Thomas, I looked at was like plus 350, which it's not that hard to get caught. I get that he's number one. I get that he's one of the best players in the world, but pretty easy to catch a guy if you're trying to catch a guy over a three-week span. So uh, I certainly wouldn't play a favorite, but is there a guy further down the board that you look at and say, you know what? It's pretty intriguing. I like that guy. Well, I'm still in your thunder here. Uh, my favorite just from looking at, and I haven't run a model or done anything yet on it, but just going through the names, kind of looking at the standings, a guy that stands out in a huge way is Jason Day. I mean, he is playing amazing golf. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week, or, you know, for the PJ Championship, we've talked about him. Uh, during the COVID swing, he has no weaknesses in his game when he's playing right. Uh, the health and just kind of uh, some inconsistency kept him down there for, you know, the, the previous year. But now that he's rolling again, he drives the ball long. He's a great driver of the golf ball. Great wedge player. Gets up and down from everywhere. Was the best putter on the planet by a mile for over a year. Um, and we've seen him get, you know, easily be the best player in the world. And kind of seems like he's right there again. I actually think he's in that top tier and I would throw him in the top five or six golfers right now in the world uh for tomorrow if I had to tee up at a normal course you know just an average course uh I would put Jason Day as one of the top five or six golfers in the world and he certainly could get hot and at 50 to 1 I like that price quite a bit so Jason Day is a guy and then Billy Horschel I've talked about we've seen him get really hot before definitely a momentum player 
And, uh, yeah, coming off last week where he easily could have won the golf tournament, I actually think that helps his value for the FedEx Cup. I like the number that I'm seeing. I'm seeing some pretty high numbers on Billy Horschel. So shop around if you're making that bet. Those are two guys that I like quite a bit. Six years ago, Billy Horschel came into the FedEx Cup playoffs at 69th on the points list, the lowest-ranked player to go out and win the FedEx Cup. I'm going to give you a guy that's not actually that far back, but I love his odds. That's Daniel Berger who's 25 to one at seventh on the point list. I feel like he's not getting the respect he deserves. Now I will point out that 12 of the last 13, 12 of the first 13 FedEx cup champions have won one of the playoff events and granted for every year until last year, there were four of them Uh, starting last year. There's only three, which is the case this year as well. But uh, every year other than 2018, somebody won at least one event to win the FedEx cup playoffs. Didn't happen in 18. In 18, Justin Rose had a couple of runner-up finishes and a fourth-place finish and a missed cut in those four playoff events, and he was able to steal the FedEx Cup. I feel like Daniel Berger, with the consistency he's playing at right now, the level he's playing at right now, could do something similar. If we have a couple of, I don't want to say fluky winners, but a couple of guys who kind of come out of nowhere and, and win these golf tournaments, especially the last one, I, I could see Daniel Berger going like fourth, sixth, second and somehow getting in there and squeezing out a FedEx cup win. It's harder now than it ever was before. Um, you're almost going to have to win the last one, but uh, maybe a guy like Berger could go out and do it. So uh, there's some potential there. So as a reminder, all summer long and into the fall, Peter and I will be releasing PGA tour betting previews to get you ready for these weekly tournaments. Plus Matthew Friedman, Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, some of the best in the business going position by position with their NFL fantasy previews. Leading up to week one of the NFL season, we'll have Stucky and Colin Wilson doing college football conference previews, NBA betting, NFL futures betting, so many great episodes coming to this podcast, the Action Network podcast, in the weeks and months ahead. Cannot wait for all that stuff. So with that, Pete, let's get to our lineup that we do every week. We're going on DraftKings. We're making our ultimate DFS lineup. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Would you like to receive or would you like to defer to the second half? I'll defer. I'll defer. You start us out, man. Ooh, I will go then with a guy that I think we both like, as we've just talked about him for the last 10 minutes, and that is Jason Day. 9300 I don't think he's overpriced. Uh, I think he's due for another big week, and uh, I love throwing him in lineups right now as, as an anchor. All right. I love that. And I'll kind of stick in that mid-tier, high to mid, high to mid-tier, and I'll go with Tony Finau, who you talked up a lot. Uh, 8,800, 88, my lucky number. Going to ride Tony Finau here, and he's playing awesome golf. I mean, his ball striking is elite. I uh, wish he would go to a different putting stroke or do something with his putter a little bit differently, but uh, if he can roll it halfway decent, and we say that about a lot of guys, and which you know, that's the case in golf week to week. Whoever putts well is going to be at the top of the leaderboard. But Finau is consistently, in my opinion, you know, right there is one of the top ball strikers. And we're seeing some extra distance out of him, too. I mean, it was cool to hear Cameron Champ, who, uh, you know, I think it right now by the stats is right there. Bryson is the longest guy say, yeah, if everyone swings their hardest and tries it as far as they can, no one's even close to as long as Tony Finau. And Tony Finau's talking about it. He's been inspired by Bryson and – uh you know, he's, he's experimenting with unleashing uh, that full driver swing, which could be a really big weapon this week. 
if I went back and looked at all my DFS lineups over the last handful of years, I'm not sure there's a guy I've taken more often than Tony Finau. So I'm absolutely on board with you throwing Finau in there. Now, there's 125 players in the field this week, and I, I want to give this a little explanation before I get any farther. So more than half of the field is going to make the cut, unlike a, a normal week where you might see anywhere from like 40%, you know, somewhere in that range, 40 to 45%, depending on ties and things like that. So more guys are going to make the cut than usual percentage-wise. So that makes me want to kind of pay up for another guy that I like and then say, hey, let's take a shot at trying to get three more guys who are uh, a little lower owned, a little lower priced through to the weekend that we think can play well. So that's my long-winded way of saying I'm going to pay up for Xander Shoffley at 9700 And really, it's not too bad. We've got three spots left at 7400 per spot, which I don't hate at all. Love that. Uh, Xander, everyone thinks of him as a, you know, a good player, well-rounded player. Xander's elite off the tee. Absolutely yeah. elite off the tee. Much longer than people realize, too. Consistently high 170s ball speed. Uh, last I saw, I haven't actually checked since it's updated, but right there, top five, top ten uh, in strokes gained off the tee, which is really important this week. So love the Xander pick. I'll go with a guy I mentioned before, too, to save a little bit of money in Ryan Palmer, another great driver of the golf ball. And I feel like we have a team that is uh, showcasing great current form. Uh, and we got some money left to spend. So not a ton, but still we're not digging into the 6K range yet. We got uh, 14.9 left for two players. Where are you going, Jason? Well, I don't want to outspend you. Well, there's, there's two guys there on the board that are just above the, the average what we have. And uh, I know you like both of them. So I, I may kind of throw it right back to you because I like both of these guys too. Sung J.M. and Cameron Champ. I, yeah. I feel like Champ might have a little bit of a higher ceiling, but I think M's floor is much higher tournament team and i agree exactly with your analysis that's i would say sungjae is gonna probably have a higher mean projection even but in terms of likelihood to just go nuclear i like champ quite a bit so let's go with champ because uh you know we're building a team for a tournament all right that leaves me 7300 and there's quite a few guys that I actually like all right i'm gonna spend the money normally we leave a little money on the table but i'm gonna spend it all this week god there's a guy i like there a lot you can take him yeah and i played him in cash last week russell henley uh yeah i think oh, i thought you'd love benny on's right there too at 7300 who will, he will break your heart in a lot of ways but his ball <laughs> striking is elite so but i'll go with russell henley who's the opposite of benny on uh an amazing putter and got really hot this last week and i think henley's playing some strong golf and you know, he's a guy who can go out and win a tournament with his putter. So uh, I feel good taking him. So strangely enough, he's actually looked a little like Benny on with his putter over the last handful of weeks. He's been striking it really well. He's, yep. He is, I believe, third or fourth on the PGA Tour this season in strokes gained on approach shots, which if you look at the list, I mean, the list is the elite of the elite. I mean, it's it's Morikawa, it's JT, it's Matsuyama, uh, Rory's up there, Finau's up there. And then you, you find, uh, find Russell Henley up there, which might be a little surprising, but he figured something out. He was positive strokes gained putting each of the final three rounds in mm. Greensboro. I, I love that moving forward. He was he does have a great record at TBC Boston, but he was runner-up at this event oh six, seven, eight years ago. So uh, I think that's a, a very strong play there, a guy that's trending in the right direction. So our lineup, boy, do I like this lineup. Xander Shoffley, Jason Day, Tony Finau, Cameron Champ, Ryan Palmer, Russell Henley, ship it. it. You guys out there can copy and paste it, and we'll put this in, in the big lineup. We'll all win 12 bucks on it because, I mean, this, this is going to be a 900-way tie for first with this thing. 
Yeah, and just to echo what you said, uh, and this is this has been picked up, and I think a big part of the reason I, I liked it last week in cash, strokes gained approach this year. Right, one and two, like it's been, it's flip-flopped a bunch. JT and Morikawa, two best iron yeah. players in the game. Russell Henley, number three. Yeah, there you go. I knew he was third or fourth. Uh, I was looking at it earlier today. And, so and I, normally, it's the, that putting that really keeps him high. Uh, he's a great yes. putter, and he hasn't been putting well until this last week where obviously he puts well and he's been hitting good iron shots. He's going to skyrocket up the board. So that's a recipe for uh, some success. By the way, and we're talking about guys in FedEx Cup, I, I don't know I'd bet on Russell Henley because he's, he's got some work to do just to get into the Tour Championship. But, boy, Eastlake is right up his alley. I, I will say that if he continues that ball striking and keeps that putter just above average over the next couple of weeks at TPC Boston and Olympia Fields for the BMW Championship, and if he gets himself into Eastlake, watch out because he can get – uh, nuclear at Eastlake, and he can get super hot over a four-day stretch and win that golf tour and take the FedEx Cup. I, I like that call, and I love that team. Uh, it's a little bit of a bummer we spent all the money, but it is it is a great team, and it uh, should be a fun week. We have so much going on in sports, and, yeah, it's a great time to be at the Action Network, Jason. I, I can't wait. This is great. I, I mean, Monday is usually my work day, so I sat around all day, uh, wrote a couple of preview pieces that you can find uh, on actionnetwork.com and, and the Action Network app and watched hockey, watched hoops, bet on everything, played DFS everywhere, had a fantastic day not leaving my office chair. So uh, this has been great, Pete, as usual. Uh, thanks so much for everything. Great work. And guys, you can catch us every single Wednesday night. Peter, myself, and Amanda Rose on the Gimme Check your local social channels to find out where, but we'll be uh, sending out links for everything. And you can find that. And of course, the Action Network podcast every single week. Find us on iTunes, rate us, review us. Please be nice. Please. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Good luck with all your bets at the Northern Trust this week. And here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking.